Yes, brother. Hezekiah was afraid of getting his fingers dirty. Morning! Yeah, I hope you don't mind. I got up a little early, so I took the liberty of milking your cow for you. Yeah, it took a little while to get her warmed up. She sure is a stubborn one. Then pow, all at once. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. Ah. I'll brush my teeth. Get ready! Woo! We are on tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. This is the place where Paul Newman is going to break some legs. The Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines and the PGA Tour finally delivers what is likely to be competitive, intense, and a tournament that's going to be a lot of fun. The Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines is set to deliver everything we are looking for in a golf tournament. Welcome to the Cut Line and the continuation of the West Coast Swing and as fun as two courses, excuse me, three courses were last week, the golfers now get the opportunity to stroke it out on two courses. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, Australia. Hello, UK. Hello, Spain, Germany, Switzerland. Lots of love to both the East and West Coast of the US. Who am I forgetting? Oh, yeah. You guys, new to the show. What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser! Enough said right there. Welcome to the Cut Line. As always, want to give the listener, the returning listener, a special thank you for being with us. We know that you spend your precious time with the Cut Line. Why? Because we deliver the best plays, the best fades, and one hell of a short game. Hey, Coach, listen to this. English Bulldog, one testicle, $500. Wow, for that kind of money, you think you'd get two testicles, don't you think? Now, the cut line is brought to you by Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. You want the best ownership in the game? Endless PGA stats, matchups, showdown rankings, models? Fanshare Sports does it all. Very easy fix for you guys. If you're not subscribed, go to FanshareSports.com. In your discount code option, write the word cut line, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. Make sure that you're going to cutlinegolf.com as well. Free PGA, DFS, Vegas, all the analytics that you need. Your stat rankings model based on 2021 qualified stats. All the data you need to build your best winning lineups. In addition, make sure you guys check out the tournament model. Download the tournament model, guys. It's an Excel spreadsheet. You can modify it, make edits, remarks, do everything you need to do a weighted stat model. Look, PGA is hard. Don't make it harder on yourself by just guessing and hoping you get it right. Use the data. Use the analytics. Make your best lineups. Solid stuff, man. Solid stuff. So, right into the good, the bad, the ugly of the AMAX. 
first of all, the good. ESPN Plus broadcast. Loved it. I, I just think it was fantastic. Um, I love seeing more golf than I've ever seen at the, at the PGA Tour app and, and the PGA Tour um, live stream that they used to do. So, so much better. The bad is that you needed a lineup of like all seven 6K guys to hit or you crushed it with Cantlay and just a random draw. And you just hope that those guys lasted till Sunday and some won and crushed and some did not. Now the ugly, and this is more of a personal preference. I don't understand why the PGA Tour is now the only professional sport that hosts these pro-ams where pros are playing a game that is you could argue directly impacted by amateurs. These rounds are longer. The course setups are easier. And you're playing a three course rotation. You don't do that at Augusta. You play Augusta national. You don't do that at the U S open. Like, like there is little to no point for me in these pro-ams anymore. I get it. Your traditionalists are going to say, well, what about the Bob Hope classic? Well, fine. Do an event where they have an off week and you have celebrity golf challenge, right? And you bring them in and you enjoy it. We, we've seen it enough on TV, the matchups, right? There's so many different ways and better ways to get amateurs involved in this. You got guys who are ponying up to the PGA for sponsorship money. You guys ponying up because, you know, they owe who and who and what and what favors. Come on. It's the only sport where amateurs are involved in an outcome of a professional event. I mean, could you imagine like, like your neighbor going to play in an NBA game and them counting the game against the team's record. Oh yeah. And he's starting and he's playing 30 minutes. Someone playing quarterback. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis of the farmer's insurance open. We're going to do the best we can if you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? To make sure that you're cashing and smashing on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating your best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. Now this week's course report is brought to you by Golf Goons. You need to get involved in NFTs but don't know where to start? Golf Goons is the answer. First of all, follow them on Twitter at the Golf Goons. Easy fix. Get into the Discord. Free. Again, free. Bid on your first NFT, and that's it. That's it. This week, Scotty Scheffler is available. Scotty Scheffler. He's going to win one soon, and guess what? When he wins one, you win because you own him. Simple stuff. Golf Goons, check it out. I'm involved. Plenty of my listeners are already been involved. It's a great product. I know you guys are somewhat suspect of NFTs, crypto, whatever the case may be, but come on. You got, you got to jump in while, while the price is right. Now, this week, the PGA Tour golfers tackled Torrey Pines for the Farmers Insurance Open. This is often the starting point for many of PGA's elite golfers prepping for the Masters. It's about two, two and a half months away. Get your game in gear, right? So Torrey Pines hosts the Farmers Insurance Open, and we see a star-filled field. 
with the high anticipation that the pros will tackle both the north and south course prior to the 36-hole cut. This has become the unofficial event to get players ready for the majors, and this will be the longest course that the players will see this year and will field star-studded entrance. Two courses will be used this weekend prior to the players hitting the cut line. Each will play a day on the north course and another in the south. Players must play well on the north, and around sub-70 has always created champions and a top-five finish. In fact, all the players listed below in the previous winner's circle had sub-70 rounds in their visits. These winners include Patrick Reed, Leishman, Justin Rose, and Jason Day. All there. All there. Uh, many are going to be looking at the length of this course and quickly recognize that the sheer distance is insane. In fact, it is. It's the longest course that these players will see. So shorter hitters are a must-fade as they just cannot compete unless they have elite around the green game, elite putters on POA. So that's the only way that will change that here. The luxury is that short hitters do not get the fact that if they're able to play the north course and utilize those birdie opportunities, they can most definitely make the cut. But as we've seen before, shorter hitters like Corey Connors just can't compete all four rounds. Torrey Pines was host of the U.S. Open. $12 million was available to install a new irrigation system, replace every bunker surrounding the green on the course. Two holes were extended. Several fairway bunkers were replaced to cause further aggravation for the bombers. There will be some correlation to kind of like the 2008 version of Torrey Pines, which was the Open, last year's Open. And I just really wouldn't play stock in those numbers to create your player pool. Stick to the farmer's insurance setup. Um, the U.S. Open. This course will not be set up. That's impossible. Nothing that's devastating. The 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 rough won't be like tormenting the players at any means, and it's going to require an elite tee tee grain. Uh, most greens are the biggest uh, are the biggest detriment to the missed greens are the biggest detriment to golfers as the green in regulation percentage is regularly lower than average. Weather will play the biggest key in how drastic those numbers deviate from the norm. But we've seen green and GIR averages as low as sixty percent in the last six years. Rolling slopes, it's going to be challenging. Fast greens, William H. Paul, Poe greens, 5,800, so you got smaller greens, 12-plus in the stint meter, 7,765 7, yards, par 72. One water hazard with 80 bunkers north course. Again, fast greens, but shorter, 7,258 yards. Two water hazards, 45 bunkers. Weather looks great. Nuggets and tidbits, Xander's home course. North course plays easier than the south course. And the north course was completely renovated in 2016, so make sure you guys are using the right data. In terms of approach shot differential, in terms of averages, most of your shots come from 150 to 200 yards, with the next bout coming from 250 plus, which are your par fives and easiest holes. We already talked about past winners, but key stats that I'm looking at, tee to green, off the tee, 100 to 200 yards plus. In terms of proximity, scrambling, greens and regulation gains, strokes gain par 4, 450 to 500. Similar courses, Mirfield Village, Quail Hollow, Augusta National, Bethpage Black, and Bay Hill. But the question is, who are we playing this week? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of golfer all the way from the 11K range, John Rahm, down to the 6K range. And we are going to start in this top tier. First of all, the three plays that I do like this week, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, 
Hideki Matsuyama. First of all, Rom has impeccable course history here. Impeccable course history. And I'm going to most definitely take advantage of that. Look, he's number one in my course projections, number one in my weekend projections, in terms of my overall style projections. Number four, aggregate projections, number one. Confidence rank, number one. Overall stat model, number one. Scoring, number one. Approach, number three. Off the tee, number one. Look, there's a reason John Rahm is number one in the world. We need to take advantage of it. Looking at last year's PGA stats, he ranks first in tee to green, second in strokes gain off the tee, 15th in driving distance, first in ball striking, third in approach, top 25 in scrambling. Like, he is a machine here at Torrey Pines. Looking at his course history, seventh in 2021, second in 2020, fifth in 2019, 29th uh, in 2018, first in 2017. Let's not forget that last year he won the U.S. Open. Where? Here at Torrey Pines. Enough said. Decky has been playing very well this year. Won already at the Sony Open. 13th at the Century Tournament of Champions. And if you look at his course history here at the Farmers, it's, it's obviously not as good as Ron, but he's averaging a top 30 finish with five of five straight missed cuts the last five years. Okay, these are things that I'm looking for. GT, not played the Farmers, but he's getting ramped up, revved up for those majors that are coming around. But now we're going to go into these wild cards. So the first one I want to mention, who I think is actually going to get some popularity because he is a California boy, but has never performed well here, is Xander Shoffley. He's looking at like 18, 19% ownership, and I just don't love him in this spot. He's never played well in this tournament specifically. He just never has, regardless of the fact that you're looking at like home, home, you know, home field advantage for him. And he, he's an impeccable approach player, impeccable score. But where he tends to struggle and why I'm very weary of playing Xander is the, sh the scrambling. He can leave strokes on a hole double bogey bogey and you're gonna have to bounce back from that right so i'm not too keen on owning up to xander shoffley here i understand that he had a second place finish here last year you know second place in 2021 2019 a 25th place finish but outside of that we got three years where data is showing that he's, he's got three missed cuts so if you want to roster xander i get it but I do think it's kind of a wild card play. It's just not that solid of a lock as so many people are making it out to be. The next play is Dustin Johnson. Many people are going to fade him just because we haven't seen him in so long. We haven't seen him since, God, when? The, the fall swing, right? We haven't seen him since, no, before that. So, well, like, we saw him at the Zozo, right? He finished 28th. It's DJ, man. Rest doesn't bother him. I just don't see it being an issue this weekend. Play him. Bet him if you don't want to put him in your DFS lineups. He is going to be double-digit owned. We're already looking at that. You know, it, it is eventually going to get up to that 10 12%. Right now, Fanshare has it about 7 8%, but I have, I have a feeling that number is going to grow higher. As people talk him up and we, we look on Twitter and people mentioning how well he is off no rest and everything of that nature. So there's that opportunity. Daniel Berger. He rounds off this 10K range. The problem is he just doesn't have the distance, I think, to compete for four rounds. Um, he could potentially make the cut because he'll dominate that north course. But come Saturday, Sunday, he just doesn't have that distance to compete. Um, we've seen this, the same thing with guys who pop in models like Corey Connors. Um, it just doesn't work that way. Burger's course history, 
missed the cut in 2019, missed the cut in 2017. So, but we are looking at solid golf so far from Daniel Berger this year. Fifth place at the Century Tournament of Champions. Before that, a seventh at the Hero. You may not want to consider those as like valid golf tournaments, but you know that the, there's there's something to be said there. The one thing that's curious about Berger so far this year, though, is like looking his like his fairway model that I have him in. He ranks number 19, but I just think that's kind of deceiving to where I really want to place him. I, I don't like him here. I think he is too short, and it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work for four rounds. Like I said, he might make the cut and more than likely will. I'm just not going to bank on him top tenning, top fighting. Watch, he's going to go and win now because I said that. But All right, let's go down the 9K range. And this is very interesting. I, I don't have a ton of love here for this top tier, but we'll break it down. The first is Bryson DeChambeau at 9,900. Um, you know, we have limited stats in terms of how he's done here. He, before he changed his swing, before he went like all driver happy, 2018 finished and, you know, missed the cut. 2017 missed the cut. People are going to look at what he did at the U.S. Open and say, you know, he can do that here at this tournament. And yes, he can. But the problem is he potentially is is, is going to have to manage like the rough and scrambling and, and getting up and through like the driver is his best weapon and you're going to use it on every hole. But I'm not sure if that I want to go that route for a guy that really played at the century, right? And when he played at the century, how did he do? Well, he I mean, he looked solid over four, four rounds, but he only finished in 25th. So the other thing that makes me weary about DeChambeau is the green books are gone, right? The green books are gone. They're gone. So... Obviously, he's the type of guy that's prepared for this kind of occurrence and event. I just don't know if you're necessarily ready or if you're still adjusting. All right. Just to, just, just to clarify, clarify, DeChambeau tied for 26th at last year's U.S. Open. So, you know, middling success at this price point, if he's finishing in 26, you're not winning your GPP um, preset. Um, next guy is Sam Burns. Sam Burns, I, I love the upside here, but... The concern is that he's terrible at scrambling and that could be like incredibly penalizing and obviously could even cost him a miscut if he's missing greens and missing fairways and everything like that. But what really appears appeals for Burns in particular is the distance, right? He ranks 23rd in 2021 in driving distance, 12th in approach, you know, 27th in greens and regulation, tons of upside there. Um, second in birdie average, 15th in scoring. If you look at my putting model, he ranks 20th overall, but the key here is the scrambling. If he's missing, he's leaving strokes out on the course, and boom, we got issues there. So, Next guy I want to mention, another wild card, is Scotty Scheffler. Okay, Scheffler, the, the metrics just align for him. But why I consider him a wild card, his course history is not that promising. All right. It just really isn't promising. Now, what you do have is the U.S. Open in your back pocket, right? He finished tied for seven. But when you look at the farmers specifically, and this could be just the time of year when he's prepping for, for, for you know, his PGA Tour season, whatever the case may be, two straight missed cuts. All right. 25th last weekend at the, at the American Express, the Amex, the Pro-Am. 
And there's a lot of things that pop for Scheffler, right? 24th in driving distance. He's 16th in approach. He's, he's really middle of the road at scrambling, but it's not terrible. Um, the last thing, though, the bugaboo here, potentially on POA, putting, right? If he can't putt on these POA surfaces, he's going to struggle. That makes him a wild card, but we all know how picky and fickle putting actually is. Next guy, Jordan Spieth. I'm not on him this week. I don't like him off the tee. If you really want to get leverage to the field, you play him and Kepka. I just just for me this weekend, it, it's it's not the option that I'm looking forward to too volatile off the tee, especially when you need to be accurate. And, and we've seen that in the past. He's made cuts. He just hasn't, you know, played well enough here, especially at 9,400. Um, looking at Sung Jm and Sung Jae is going to be in this popular crowd of Willie Z, Tony Finau, Mark, Mark Leishman. I like him here, right? His course projections look good, but where he struggles is around the green. Right, it's the constant thing with Sung Jae In, but but he's been improving. We've seen him play well at the Masters. We've seen him play at Augusta at the Amex after missing the cut to Sony. He finished 11th, so things might be on the up and up. Putting on Poa is not a, not necessarily like a detriment to Sung Jae In, but it's most definitely something I'm concerned about. My overall stat model has him fifth. My confidence ranking has him fifth. But if you go to Fanshare Sports. Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric has him 66th. And that always shoots up some red flag to me when Lee's looking at him at the bottom tier near cut line. So the same thing can be applied for Willie Zalatoris. Now, I did bet Zalatoris, but scrambling. Again, when we look at it in 2021, he's 17th, right? There's upside there. But where Zalatoris struggles is hitting fairways. If he's not hitting fairways... You know, he's not going to be scoring. And again, he's struggling at it this year. He ranks 20, 129th in the field this year in 2022. In last year's metrics, he ranks 84th in the field. 17th in driving distance. Now, the green, the, the rough's not going to be that punishing to where Zalatoris can't overcome this potentially. But the around the green green, the scrambling, it should provide enough upside. We saw a 7th place finish in 2021. Can he repeat a top 10? I'm not so sure. Okay, I'm not so sure if that that's the case, but there is potential upside here with Willie Z. Going back to Kepka, one thing I want to point out: I'm not saying he doesn't fit this course. He did finish finish tied for fourth at the U.S. Open when it was held here at Torrey Pines, but he he just you know he hasn't played right. Do, do, we don't want to play Kepka when he when he has no motivation. It's not a major. We've seen this before, even at the Century Tournament of Champions, which should be plenty of motivation. He finished 28th. He's terrible on POA. So I, I'm just, I have no interest in Brooks Kepka, and I might even bet him to miss the cut. Finau and Leishman, they're going to be popular. They're going to be chalky. Um, there's really no flaws or holes in their games. They both putt well on POA. They, they, they're well off the green. Um, but Leishman's interesting because, like, you look at his 2021 stats, of course, they're limited. Like, he doesn't really fit this course, but then you look at his course history, 18th, 1st, 43rd, 8th, 20th. He just loves Torrey Pines. So he's most definitely someone that you want to look at in terms of course history. But even looking at 2022 stats, he, he doesn't have the distance. But again, surprisingly, it, it's a short game is around the green game here specifically, which does him and suits him well. In terms of the average course projection, he ranks 6th overall. And that's two spots behind Tony Fina. So 
there's a lot of things to like about Mark Leishman. Metrics-wise, it may not fit. It might seem a little bit awkward, but Leishman fits the bill here in this uh, in this range. So that's the 9K range. Let's go down to this 8K range and kind of take a look at who's popping, who's not. And one thing that I found interesting that DraftKings did, and it's going to really cause a cramp for those of you that are building like a few lineups and trying to get all your guys in. They omitted a guy at 8,000. Right, you're down to 8,900 to 81. And to save 100 bucks to 8,000, 8K, that guy's not there. He's not. So good luck with your lineup builds and trying to sneak people in. But um, oh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. First guy, Taylor Gooch, 8,900. I love Gooch. I'm going to go back to him. I know he missed the cut last weekend. I think it's going to lower his ownership, I hope, and keep that like 10%, 9%, 8%. Um, but solid and driving distance, kind of average of the pack. But what I love is the approach play, the ball striking, the greens and regulation. He has the ability to scramble. He's decent around the green. So ranks number nine in my overall stat model, third in my scoring model, and sixth in my aggregate model. So I love, love Gooch here. In terms of the course projections, he ranks number eight. And for the weekend, I got him 17. So there's plenty of upside here. Corey Connors. Corey Connors is going to pop in your models. I'm telling you that right now. But I don't think he has the distance to compete for four rounds. He doesn't. He might be top 10 going into Sunday. But come Sunday, that distance bugaboo will bite him and he'll fall out of the top 10 into the top 20, top 25. We've seen it here before. And at 8,800 in your DraftKings lineups, it's just not going to work. Now, you want to bet him top 10, top 20? Go ahead, by all means. Do it, right? But we the, the proof is in the pudding. 37th in 2021. 28th and or 29th in 2018 fell out of it in the u.s open in terms of how well he was doing so it, it it's just Corey connors does not have the distance to play here all right and we could say the same thing about bez too we could say the same thing about bez it, it's just fades for me because we, we don't have the distance here patrick reed course history suits him well regardless of what your metrics say in terms of driving distance and everything like that he did cheat to win <laughs> right he did cheat the win but look first sixth 13th 23rd you can't deny it the only thing you can't argue against is the fact that patrick reed is playing pxg and we all know the pxg curse justin rose went through it until he switched out of that crap um so i don't know I'm not I, I i'm going to roster patrick reed if he fits the mold but um right now ownership showing around 11 percent. give me single digits and i'm all in Matt Wolf, wild card for the weekend for me. Metrics support his success. He's solid putter on POA, so he'll be out of that for the south course. Um, where we're going to struggle, obviously, is hitting fairways. Um, terrible in terms of fairway accuracy, but he's going to bomb and gouge this course the best he can. The best part about him versus someone like who can't scramble well, he's kind of middle of the field net scrambling, especially like now. Um, if you look at like 2021 stats, I don't think it's a fair comp, but he's 104th in scrambling, 100th around the green. He's never been like necessarily a strong suited around the green player. I get that. And we are taking some risk, like we mentioned with other players, but 21st in 2020, followed by that 2021 withdrawal, right? Um, so on top of that, top 15 at the open, right? 
at Torrey Pines. Again, the course was set up a little bit differently, obviously more difficult, but still, Wolfstein's success here, I think he's going to be a sleeper. I think he's going to be low-owned. People are going to see that he missed the cut at the Amex, and they're going to say, no, thank you. I don't want a piece of that. But his course projection is top 10. Dance ranking is 33rd. Aggregate ranking, 39th. Overall stat ranking is 36th. Like, you're not going to fall in love with Wolf because of his stats, because of his infrequent play, but that's what makes him the max ultimate GPP play. Max Homa is getting a ton of love at Fanshare, and I have just banged my head trying to figure out why. Like, he's long off the tee, but he's a brutal ball striker. He's brutal at getting the ball on the green, which is going to force him to scramble. And he's middling at that. Now, Max Homa is an affordable 8,400, right? He, he has top 20 in the last two years. And, you know, who doesn't like the upside that comes with Max Homa? We saw him at the Century Tournament of Champions where he finished 15th place. I just don't know if he has enough off the tee for me to really consider him a high-impact play here. He ranks 60th in my course projections model, 52nd in my confidence ranking, 80th in my overall stat model. I, I see a lot of red flags to be considering him as the chalk. I just really see a lot of issues here at $8,400 for Max Homa to be the chalk that he is right now. And that we're going to buy into it. Hmm. Got an idea who that guy's going to be. All right. Maverick McNeely and Ryan Palmer. Both of these guys kind of lie in that Goldilocks zone that I have in my overall stat model. 20th for uh, for McNeely. 37th for Ryan Palmer. There's a lot of upside here. The the issues with Palmer is the putting on Poa. He's terrible. He's brutal on it. But, of course, putting is – there's plenty of upside to be taken care of. But the thing is, like – you love these guys in terms of driving distance. Hate them in terms of scramblers, right? But if they're scrambling well, there's there's tons of upside. Palmer finished second last year, 21st, 13th, second. So he's got that top five potential. McNeely, on the other hand, has the top 30 potential with a miscut, with an average finishing position of 22nd. Palmer has an average finishing position in the top 10. Now, I'm not going to say that they're, they can't miss the cut. They can, but at the Sony Open, both of them played well. So they've already, you know, kind of loosened up their game. 2022 PGA stats, 17th and 33rd in terms of their overall rankings. And then if you look at 2021, McNeely drops down to 39th while Brian Palmer shoots up to 15th. Looking at, at 2021, though, they're, they're, again, the bugaboo is the approach for McNeely. But if you dialed in, there's upside there, especially at $8,200. Especially at $8,200. All right, down to the 7K range. And as always, this is where you're going to make or break your tournaments this weekend. And we're looking at all the way from Keegan Bradley down to Phil Mickelson. We're not going to cover everyone. We're going to cover the guys I like, the the wild cards I like, and, of course, the players that I think you need to fade. Um, I like Keegan Bradley and Justin Rose here. First of all, I get it. Rose can't smash it off the tee like most of these players, but... I mean, of course, history says anything. He won in 2019, 8th in 2018, 7th or 4th in 2017. Actually tied with Keegan that year. Keegan didn't miss a cut in his last four attempts with three top 20 finishes and one 35th place finish with an average finishing position of 15th. 
look, Rose is not playing the PXGs anymore. I'm going to take advantage of it. I, I think he's figured things out. He looked good last weekend, finishing in 33rd, so there's plenty of upside there. So Rose is an option. You're looking at 22 stats, looking at it now. Rose is hitting the fairway fourth. It's fourth overall. Fourth in scrambling. These are stats we like to see here at Torrey Pines, and we're going to most definitely take advantage of it. All right, two guys I'm not interested in are Siwoo Kim and Billy Horschel. Um, looking at them, they just don't have enough distance for me. They don't have enough upside. We've seen plenty of bad course history where they've missed cuts. Didn't do enough in this upper seven-tier range. Horschel does have one top ten. But other than that, it's kind of middling to say the least. Not too keen on their approach game, not too keen on their, their overall stack game. And of course, their projections don't look solid enough here where I'd rather go elsewhere, especially in GPPs. I would I would just rather go and look to play elsewhere. Siwoo probably will get some love, though, because he finished 11th at the American Express, but it's just a different tournament. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to go that route. Lanto, I think he's going to have some popularity, misses fairways, but is, if he's scrambling well enough, he can do well here. He's more of a wild card play, struggles around the green. I don't love Lanto here, but I may or may not roster him depending on my final player pool. But Neiman, Neiman I love, but you're just going to have to like swallow it with a grain of salt. Guy can bomb it off the tee. And he has had success here, for sure. He has, he has had success here. But can he succeed around the greens? That is the huge question you need to ask yourself. Can he succeed around the greens? If he can, you're looking just at a solid weekend. But course history has not been so kind to Joaquin. 49th in 2020, 72nd in 2019. So it's not a lock by any means to say that like Neiman is going to dominate here, but we do have the tide for 31st at the U S open. So he's seen this course plenty to know it well enough to where he could potentially have some success. Don't go crazy. I bet him as a, as like kind of a long shot at 70 to one, but at like 8% ownership, if he can figure it out there around the green game, or is he, if he's just striping it and hitting greens in regulation and dominates that North course, like, I'll love it, right? Do it. Get it done. Scramble the hell out of there. All right, Matt Hughes. I got no interest in him. 5%. Luke List, I love this week. I think the newfound long ball for Luke List is most definitely going to help him here. And you're also looking at course history. That's pretty you know, positive as well. 10th place last year. 36th, 40th, 12th place in a missed cut. Um, finishing 22nd last weekend. So we got a lot of upside for Luke List. Tringali, Molinari are moving on. Now, Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise is getting talked up on Twitter. And I do love me some Aaron Wise here or there. I do. But this week is going to be a pass for me. And the rationale and reason for this, okay, if we're looking at 2021 stats, he hits fairways, he's like middle of the road in terms of hitting fairways, but he's terrible. It's scrambling. Terrible at scrambling. Decent around the green. Decent enough at scoring. I I just can't do it. I, I can't do the Aaron Wise supposed upside, brutal poa putter. Like, there's a lot of problems that I don't want to have to deal with with 
Aaron Wise here at this tournament. I think there's a lot of holes in his game for this course. In my overall stat model, I won't lie, he ranks in the top 10. And it's hard for me to kind of fade these guys that do that, but it just it hasn't been kind. It has not been kind. All right, these next three guys are wild cards that can compete here. They're all kind of like single-digit owned GPP plays, and that's Mito, Vegas, and Keith Mitchell. Um, you know, they're not going to necessarily pop, but they rank 18th, 29th, and 25th, respectively, in my overall stat model. All three of them are terrible on POA in terms of putting. But you're going to go to that north course, right? And you're going to be on Bermuda for a bit. Looking at the 21, 2021 stats, Mito didn't have any qualified stats. But the thing that's nice is that Mitchell and Vegas bomb the ball, right? Their course history is terrible. Uh, let, let's get that out of the way. Like, their course history is brutal. And Mito's never played here. But, like, we, between the two of them, and we're talking about nine tournaments, between the two of them, six miscuts. And then the other three... Mitchell has a 63rd place finish while Vegas has a 30th and a 28th. So obviously Vegas is, is, is the better play. Like these are dart throws for a GPP. Like you're not going to go crazy in terms of ownership and you're most definitely not going to roster these guys in like a three max, a single entry. If you want to get nuts in the 20 max, by all means go ahead. But the problem with Vegas obviously is the scrambling, but he's a, he's a, he's a prolific ball striker. He's awesome off the tee. So, there's upside there, right? If he can just dial in the flaws in his game, Keith Mitchell, same way, terrible on approach, 91st in approach, but he can get on the green greens in regulation. He's an awesome scrambler. So again, upside for killer Keith looking at 22 for Mito. Um, look, 57th in driving distance, 32nd in fairways hit. We worry about his around the green and scrambling game. So it's a little bit different here than the other two in terms of looking at this year's stats, but all three are kind of put in that same kind of category. Sneds, I'm not going to be on this week. I know the course history is there, but I'm, I'm just moving on. I'm going to go back to Woodland. Um, I know he missed the cut last year or last week at the American Express, um, but I could see bounce back for him and Ortiz. So th th it's most definitely bounce back opportunity. Woodland, things that concern me, putting on POA, not his strong suit, obviously. And then, of course, we we only we have limited data on Woodland, but he, he was missing fairways like crazy, and that's basically what did him in. And that's kind of like his MO, but, you know, 11th in driving distance. Um, terrible scrambler. But when you look at his course history, though, he does love this course. 20th, 12th, 9th, miscut, 48th. Um, looking at Ortiz in a bounce-back spot, too. 29th last year following two miscuts. So course history may not necessarily be on Ortiz's side, but, again, he's in a, in a bounce-back position. Cam Davis, I like uh, 27th at the Sony Open. So there's upside there in terms of 21, 2021 stats. It's great off the tee, brutal scrambler. Again, he kind of fits that zone of like, eh, do I want to play him or not? But in my course projections, number 13, number 13. So Charlie Hoffman, no thank you. Not going to touch him. He just hasn't played. Um, it's not like Dustin Johnson where I'm willing to go that route, but Having not played Charlie Hoffman, no thank you. Um, two other sleepers, Michael Thompson and Doug Gim. Thompson and Gim. So Gim is cheap enough here where I think he's like a flyer for GPPs. And you can finish top 10 and finish in the top, you know, cashing portion of a GPP with 7K Doug Gim. I don't think he'll win. Of course, the one weekend I don't bet Doug Gim he'll win. But... 
um, he's just not long enough, right? But course history says that he plays okay here, 20th, miscut, 37th. Um, and kind of the same thing we're looking at with Michael Thompson, 14th, miscut, 13th, miscut. And, you know, you could call Cameron Champ kind of that same boat with a miscut, 16th, miscut. So kind of look at their form, kind of look at how they played in their exit round last weekend. And especially uh, Thompson and Champ and take a look at them. Gim, you know, he, he's always a pain in the ass, right? Always a pain in the freaking ass. So, all right, let's, so let's go to the 6K range. 6K range is pretty simple. We are, we are not dropping down all the way to 6K. No, we're not going to do that. And we're going to limit these value plays. I'm going to stick to this fence in value. Love it. Love how he's playing. Uh, love how caddies are supporting him. So they see the upside and the amount of chances they have to win. 2019 is only appearance here the last five years. Finished in 35th. Finished in 35th. He does have qualified stats for 2022. Being though it's limited, but... 50th in approach. He doesn't have driving distance, right? But we're not necessarily sure if that's a derivative of where he's been playing. Um, we don't have any 2021 stats. So be cautious on that. Next play at 6,900 is Hayden Buckley. We are going to go back to, to Hayden here and kind of just try to take advantage of things that we like in the Corn Ferry Tour champ from last year. Did miss the cut last weekend, but at the Sony finished in 12th. Um, not a lot to say here. Florida boy is is you know interesting to say the least in terms of how we're going to play him. But so are all these guys down here in the 6K range. I've liked him so far. You know you're going to see ups and downs, strikes and gutters from any player that is playing in the 6K range. So, um, but it's just kind of hard to ignore that and deny that so um but hayden buckley again i wanted to check this out on fanshare sports he's got a 25 percent top 10 rating and that's pretty crazy and, and that's pretty high but um you know i'll ride it man i'll ride it taylor pendrith and Joseph Bramlett, two other guys at 6,800 and 6,700 respectively. Um, guys who aren't going to pop necessarily in any models. Bad in terms of putting, but they can just bomb the ball, right? Um, Bramlett specifically is awesome on approach. But where you struggle at with these low price guys is, is, is the short game. Pendrith never have played here. Missed the cut two times at the Express and Sony Open, so maybe a change of scenery, a change of leaving Hawaii might change things for him. Bramlett on the other end, 18 and 45th, following two made cuts. So plenty of chances there. Next guy at 6,700, a guy I'm going to roster is Rory Sabatini. Sabatini can play here thanks to the elite putting and around the green game. Now he doesn't have the distance. We've been arguing about that with plenty of players in the field, but I do like the around the green putting game for Sabatini. Martin Laird is driving the ball well right now. And this year has really been just that elite ball striker. I, I, I know it's crazy to say that about Party Marty, but um, that's really been the case for, for Laird is that he is playing well enough to, at least in 2022, to really have me interested in consideration. I know my boy Tommy won a first-round leader 
on Laird. So he's got like a lot of love in his heart for Marty. And maybe on the north course, when when he tees off there, I will, you know, tend to roster that play. But looking at 2021 stats, all right, he, he, he's middle of the road in terms of driving distance, brutal scrambler, and stuff like that. And you got to remember that Laird is he's, he's 38, right? His game isn't necessarily going to change significantly. But when you're hot, you're hot. You look at 2021 to 2022, and Laird is 11th in the field in scrambling, 12th in greens and regulation gained, and 15th in approach. So he's playing really well right now. Um, I, I think he's most definitely someone to consider. We're going to drop down all the way to 6,400. Paul Barajon, who is not French, but I like saying his name that well. Um, hope that he's hitting fairways. That's really what you're hoping for here. If he's hitting fairways, he most definitely has the distance to to compete. Um, ranks 15th in the field in driving distance, but just terrible with his accuracy. Going to cause him to scramble and could potentially cause him to miss the cut. But um, I could see the upside if he's dialed in. He does have a great birdie average. He's great on par threes, par fours, solid in terms of greens and regulation so far this year. So he's got plenty of upside for me. Um, Sepp Straka. Plenty of warning signs there, but another guy I will go back to. Um, driving distance is down. I could argue that it's going to come back, right? He's only 28 years old, playing different courses, and, and all that stuff's going to come back. Um, Sep, obviously, he's going to kill you with the putter if he can, anytime he can. Luckily, his best putting, his, uh, his best putting surface is POA. So, fairway hit percentage, though, is a little down, especially in 2021. He ranks 86th in the field. All these 6K guys, they're just going to suck at certain things. And most likely it's scrambling or anything of that nature. Course history ain't bad. 13th, miscut, 32nd. Then the last two guys I want to mention are Trey Mullinax and Kevin Tway. Tway, impeccable course history in terms of a 6,200 priced guy. Still only 33 years old. He's coming in with bad form. But, you know, him and Mullinitz, Mully can bomb the ball. They can just hit it far. All right. So this breaks down the farmers. Let's go. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Farmers Insurance Open. Join us next week as we go to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Another Pro-Am, but only at Pebble Beach. Among other courses. Ugh, killing me, West Coast Swing. Special shout-out to FanShare Sports. Thank you, Golf Goons. Cash and Smash. Let's rock those GPPs, boys. Let's go get them.